might have a tear or two in my eyes. It might be sniffling just a touch. Uh, but in times like this, man, just to, to worship God feels so good and so right. I want to share a little bit uh, from God's Word. And, you know, it's, I think it's so fitting and so uh, powerful and cool that for many of our H2O churches, for us here at H2O Bowling Green, we started off 2020, we started off this year uh, with the idea of let's just focus on being. Let's not focus so much on doing a bunch of things. Let's focus on being. And now we're kind of in a situation where we've literally got forced to do that. You know, we started off our, our year in this rhythm series where we talked about the, the ways of Jesus and spiritual disciplines and resting and being with God. And then we moved right into our series on the Psalms, which is so much about just connecting up with God. And if I had, you know, one prayer for all of us during this time is, uh, that we wouldn't fight the decisions that are being made, that we would press into them and say, God, what are you, what are you doing? You know, how, how can we use this to draw closer and closer to you? So we've been in this psalm series, and, um, and I think uh, the psalm that we're going to look at today, it, it, it proves that the Bible, it is just so applicable to our lives. It, it is so, um, no matter what we're going through, there, there's a place where we can find hope in God's Word. And so I want to read Psalm 27. You're sitting at your couch or with a few people, you can open up your Bible to Psalm 27. We're going to kind of break it down as we go through this uh, passage, and, and we're going to see what it does say and how it applies to where we're at today. So if you're with me, Psalm 27, David, King David, uh, wrote this psalm. He starts off in verse 1. He says this. He says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is, is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who shall stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. You know, pretty applicable words for where we're at right now. David, he, he starts off the psalm and he is almost taunting fear. You know, he, he starts off the psalm and he's like, the Lord's the light of my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid of? He, he's so confident. He's almost taunting at fear. He's saying, listen, I don't have anybody to be afraid of as long as the Lord has my back. And uh, I, I think as you look at David, and he lived in this ancient world where they could have been attacked at any time. That's what he was talking about. There's literal armies that were trying to break down the gates of the city that, that he was in charge of to defeat them. And he's taunting fear in those moments. And I think uh, even now, and I know coronavirus isn't the only thing going on in our lives. So what we share today, it, it applies to all the things that we're facing. But in moments like we're going through and the trials that our nation is going through, it gives us the opportunity to press into the question, do we really trust God? Because if you're a church person, if you've showed up to any of our churches or if you go to a church, we all know what the, the easy answer is. We all know the words to the songs that affect us so much. But a crisis and moments of uncertainty give us the opportunity to look deep within our hearts and say, uh, God, Help me to really, truly own and believe that thing that I am so quick to proclaim. So here's the question today that I'd love all of us can, to consider. What really 
is your heart's deepest loyalty to right now? What is your heart deepest loyalty right now in this moment? You know, there's been all these kind of different jokes about like uh, people hoarding, you know, toilet paper and paper towels and all those things. But isn't it kind of interesting that 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 kind of does indicate fear, right? And it would probably point us to the fact that for some of us, our our deepest loyalty is our own comfort. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be without something. And so I'm willing to take from other people so that I can look out for my own comfort. You know, not just our words, but our actions reflect our heart's deepest loyalty. And no matter what your answer is to that, our, our hope today is that you would be able to press into that a little bit. It starts off with the, that you would be able to proclaim, I will not fear. And maybe it starts off with a statement that you're just trying to believe more and more, but the more that you trust God and the more that you press into him and the more that you worship him, that you would own it with confidence to say, God, I will not fear. No matter what's going on in my life, I'm not going to be afraid because I know that you and only you are in control and you and only you are good. Let's jump back in. In verse four, David says this. He says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in his shelter and in his sacred tent and set me high upon the rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with, with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me. And answer me. My heart says of you, Lord, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Have you ever noticed that the more that you focus on something, the bigger it becomes? The more you focus on it, it's kind of a universal truth in life. The more you focus on something, the bigger it can come. And that can work both ways, right? Maybe you've noticed this, and I've noticed this in my own life. Maybe you've noticed it for yourself. The more you focus on yourself, the bigger your ego becomes. You know, the more your own problems become, the more I focus on myself, the more I'm tempted to constantly think more and more of myself. The more you focus on, on a problem, the bigger that problem becomes. The more you focus on a sin, the bigger and more tempting that sin can become. When we give our time and our energy and our heart to these things, they oftentimes become bigger and bigger. And what David is doing in the midst of this trial where he's sensing that there is a very legitimate danger going on around him, he's saying, listen, I'm going to worship right in the middle of that. I'm going to proclaim, God, I'm not afraid. And then I'm going to say, God, I just want to seek you. I want to be in your house. I want to be with you. My heart says of you, I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to seek your face. So David recognizes what we focus on becomes bigger. And he says, I'm going to focus on God, because I want him to be the biggest thing in my life. I want him to be the center of my life. And what an encouragement to us in these moments. What an encouragement of, uh, to us always. But in the midst of chaos, can we focus on God and allow him to fill us and be the center of who we are as a church and as a people? David chooses not to focus on his problems, but to worship God in the midst of them. And that's what we're doing here today. And that's our prayer that we would do that with the rest of our lives. Let's jump back into verse 9. He says this. He says, Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servants away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother, they forsake me, the Lord will receive me. 
Teach me your ways, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foe, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malice and accusations. You know, it's, it's funny because David is so confident at the beginning of this psalm. And then all of the sudden, he turns from almost like taunting fear and, and boasting about God. He turns to almost this frantic plea for help. God, God, I need you. God, don't hide your face from me. He goes from being really confident to starting to be pretty frantic and, and almost being afraid. I was reading a couple of different commentaries on Psalm 27 this week as I was preparing, and a couple of scholars and, and commentators actually believed that, that maybe these were two different psalms that they just accidentally put together, or maybe there were two different writers of the song because it's so different from the beginning of the psalm to the middle of the psalm. But my take is that's not the case at all. My take is that's actually a little bit more realistic to how life is. David is confident one moment, and then he's a little bit frantic the next. And, and for all of us, I wonder, you know, if you've ever found yourself in that situation, like where you're just on top of the world in your walk with God, and then all of a sudden it's like, God, where are you? Man, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not even sensing you. God, don't turn your face from me. And, and I, I've talked to so many of us, I know I've felt that in my own life, where, where there's just seasons. There, there's peaks, and there's valleys. And so I don't know where you find yourself today. I don't know where this whole thing has been affecting you that much at all or not. But what I do know is no matter what season you find yourself in during that time, our hope and our prayer is that you would continue to focus on the Lord and be able to press into him and be able to say, God, we need you. God, I want to I seek your face. And so we're going to spend just a little bit of time praying. I'm going to invite Pastor Matthew to come on up on stage. And uh, as you may know, today has actually been declared a national day of prayer by our national leaders and state and local leaders. And so we want to spend a little bit of extra time praying today, even though we can't be together in person. And uh, we'd invite you just to pray along with us. You can pray out loud. You can listen to us. Uh, you can pray whatever makes sense for you in the situation that you're in. But we want to pray for you, we want to pray for our nation, and we want to pray for our community. So Matthew, come on up and let's pray. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? God, we come to you and we declare that you are our everlasting God, that you know every bit of us, you number the hairs on our head, you suspend the stars and the moon and the sky, and you are sovereign over all that's happening in our world today. Would that truth and that reality sink down deep into us amid the confusion, the fear, whatever it may be that we're feeling? You tell us in this psalm that you are our light and our stronghold, our salvation. Would you be our light? Would this be a time where we cling to you, where the truths about you don't just reside in our heads, but go down deep into our hearts and take root? Would this be a time that we are transformed, that we experience deep intimacy with you. We, we shall not fear, God, because you are for us. You are not against us. Um, and so we take great hope and courage in that fact. Lord, would, would we be people um, who are not tossed to and fro by fear, but who, uh, who are solid, not because of our own strength, but because of you? God, in the psalm you say, one thing I ask from the Lord, 
This only do I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And Lord, we, we proclaim that we long to be with you. God, we long to know you. We long to worship you. And Lord, someday for those of us who know you and love you, we'll be with you for eternity. But for here we're now, for, for now we're here. And, um, and Lord, we want to seek you in, in the already but not yet kingdom of God, Lord. We want to seek you in the present, God. Lord, would you allow us to soften our hearts towards you? God, we, we talk about as a church the idea of revival, the idea of people coming to know you and people coming to follow you and people that we would never expect. And so, God, would you help every single person to seek your face, to humble themselves before you? And Lord, as a church, as a people, Lord, would we be shining examples of that? Be a, would we be a light to the world around us? And would we be a people of peace and joy and love? I echo those prayers, Lord, you, you tell us to seek your face, and we declare with the psalmist here that we will seek your face, God, in this season. We, not run, um, we will not run to anything else. We, we declare that, Lord, would that be true of us, that we would not run to things that cannot satisfy and meet our needs, but we will seek your, fra- your face. God, we, we uh, pray that this would be a season that we experience deep intimacy with you, We pray for extended devotional times, for rest, for Sabbath, for just an opportunity to experience you in the wilderness of this unknown that we're walking through right now. We declare as a church, as the people of God, that that we are going to seek you in this. Lord, help us. We thank you so much for the gift of your Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. who dwells in us and he leads us, he teaches us, he guides us. Would we hear the still small voice of your spirit Mm -hmm. in these days? And and Lord, would we be conformed more and more into the image of Jesus uh, as we go through this? Mm -hmm. You close the psalm with saying, I remain confident of this. I'll see goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. Mm. It's hard to be patient. Sometimes it's hard to to stay at home. Sometimes it's, it's hard to not know what's going on in the world around us. But Lord, we know you show up in those quiet moments. Lord, we want to see your goodness. Lord, and would you give us the patience, Lord, as you're working, as you're doing things, as you always are, to just wait on you. God, could we just be, instead of always feeling like we need to do, could we just be your children? Could we just be your people? Could we just be your followers? And out of the overflow of that, would the world see your goodness and your glory? Uh, We want to see goodness in the land of the living. Uh, Then we get to be a part of that, your church. So would you give us wisdom, Lord? As we go forward, would you give us wisdom? Would you give our leaders wisdom? You give the people who are leading this nation from the president down to the local officials and everybody in between, Lord, wisdom. Would you guide them? Would you direct them? Or would you give us, as people who sometimes it's hard to follow, God, would you give us humility? Would you give us wisdom of how to to move forward as a church? 
Would you give our school leaders wisdom? Would you give our business leaders wisdom? Would you give our healthcare leaders wisdom? Would you give every single facet of our society, those who are charged with directing and guiding people, would you give them wisdom, God? We want to be a church of life. Would you give the church wisdom, God? Would you give us as individuals, as we're scattered, wisdom to love our neighbors and to do good in your eyes? God, we thank you so much for your great love for us. We know and we're confident that we're going to see goodness in the land of the living. And we thank you and praise you. We're going to sing one more song after this, but I I wanted to end with some hope. I wanted to end with some excitement. You know, the end of the psalm, it, it, it closes in verse 13, Psalm 27. It says, I remain confident of this. We prayed through it. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. And and even this week as we're praying, we're praying before this service as a staff, and and I've just had this thought even in the last couple days, God, what are you going to do in this season? What are you going to do? At first, when all this stuff started happening, I was honestly bummed by all the things that were getting canceled, and I just didn't understand it. But now my attitude has changed to expectancy and excitement when I was able to put spiritual eyes on and say, God, what are you going to do? Romans 8, 28, it says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. We know that God promised to us, right? You may have heard that before. So we already know that God is going to work this for the good of those who love him. That's been given to us. We can have confidence and hope in that. God is going to work for the good of those who love him. So now we get to get excited about what will that look like, God? I just started dreaming, God, what are you going to do? Are there families that are broken that need restored and somehow this situation is going to help with that? Are there marriages that are struggling and somehow through this situation, God, you're going to use it? Uh, Are there people who don't know Jesus that somehow through all of this, they're going to find him? And maybe that's even you. Have you found us today through a friend or through something on social media and and, and just this whole reality of, of hearing about the gospel and hearing from the Bible is new to you. We want you to know that Jesus loves you and Jesus isn't surprised by this and he's drawing you to him. And so when you confess your sins and you say, God, I have fallen short in so many areas and I've put so many things in your place and you turn to him and say, but I need you. You look to the cross that Jesus went to the cross He was crucified and killed, but listen, he didn't stay in the grave. He rose from the the dead, defeating sin, defeating death, defeating any pandemic that can ever get thrown our way to victory. Maybe you've never heard that before. And today, you put your faith and trust in Jesus. You turn your life over to him and say, God, I know that you're the only one that's in control. And I will trust you in the gift of the gospel, your son, for my eternal life, for my true security. Maybe that's you here today. God, what are you going to do with this situation? What are the needs in the world that are going to need to be met that the church is going to rise up and meet so that other people can be drawn to him? There's goodness, but it's found in the gospel. It's found in God. And when his people humble themselves and pray and serve and meet needs, God works in powerful ways. So 
what's our perspective on this situation? God's not surprised. Let's not be surprised either. Let's stay in tune with him. Let's seek that goodness and let's be part of bringing the goodness of God to the world around us. Let's wait patiently for him and let's take heart. Let's take heart. Let's be strong, not in our own strength, but in the Lord and what he is going to do. God knows the good he has for this and what he's going to work together. We can be confident that something good is coming. And if we're a follower of Christ, we get to be a part of it.